Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 128 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Terminal Nation with Master Plan from their upcoming album, Hallucine Extinction. I think I said that right. Hallucine Extinction. It's coming out in 20 bucks spin records. Uh, these guys are out of Arkansas. I uh, was just, I think on this episode, uh, I referenced Arkansas as a place where I do actually know some bands from. It was Alabama that I'm saying. I don't know some bands from. Anyway, um, this this record comes out on Friday, August 7th, again, through 20 Buck Spin Records. And uh, this band's got a message, and I think that's pretty cool. And it's a pretty simple one, but I like it. And they're lashing out at institutional corruption and racist power structures. And uh, what better way to do that than uh, write some pummeling uh, death metal, hardcore um, power violence, whatever, whatever the fuck you, wherever you want to categorize uh, certain aspects of Terminal Nation, you can do that with uh, lots of it. Did that make sense? Probably not. Anyway, on this episode of the podcast, I got Zach Wilborn from 30 Nights of Violence. We had a nice conversation a little while back prior to the release of their EP, You'll See Me Up There. It just came out on Unbeaten Records. Um, we had a nice long chat, 
And that is all that's on this one. Not a double episode for you this time around. Because I don't know. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But this one, just me and Zach. Um, Yeah. That's what's happening on this episode. Let's do it. So uh, here we are. We're into this week's episode of the podcast. My my timeline is all fucked up. I, I realize that I realize now, maybe a little too late, that today is actually Thursday, not Friday. So the podcast comes out tomorrow. But if it had been Friday, then I would have been I would have been late. I would have missed my first week ever. It would have been the first missed week in 128 episodes. But it's not. I remembered. I got to do this thing. So we're doing it right. Um, this week has been insane. And I don't mean that lightly. Usually, uh, there's a lot of hyperbole behind a statement like that. But no, this week for me and my family has been <laughs> it's been uh, disastrous at times. Uh, let me start. Let's start how it, let's go how it starts. So, so last Saturday we celebrated my daughter's uh, seventh birthday. So we had a nice little party. Uh, coronavirus be damned. Maybe a foolish thing. Maybe not. I don't know. We started off pretty risky. All right. So we started the weekend hanging out with a seven-year-old's uh, birthday party. Uh, that went off without a hitch. No problems. No, no children got hurt. Usually there's one or two children got hurt, especially when you have, when you have uh, uh, water balloons and a uh, trampoline and a sprinkler and a little baby pool for them to hurt themselves in. And nobody hurt themselves, so pretty good. Also, a pinata. Didn't nobody hurt himself with a pinata? They all got a turn whacking the pinata. Nobody got hurt. Um, I didn't hurt them when I broke it open and spewed candy all over them so that was successful right so one day down the next day we go on a little family vacation down to west virginia where in west virginia we didn't know we found out because we needed to know eventually but it was springfield west virginia and along the south potomac south branch of the potomac river is what i think i was told um and the place was nice. It was, it was our neighbor's place. And it was a very cool, uh, very cool spot. And I'm not a wilderness person, all right? That's just not me. Never has been, but it could be. Because each time I do things like this, I enjoy it a little more. Maybe it's because I've had my family with me. Um, I don't know. Whatever the reason, it's, it's kind of nice. So we get there, and we're hanging out on the river. Uh, kid, my daughter, who I thought was going to be afraid of it, wasn't. She was having a great time floating down the river. She'd, you know fight her way up and then float down my stepdaughter and my wife are, are fighting the current and then floating down they're having a blast getting along great everybody's having a good time and then you know it's time for dinner so i get on the grill it's our night to cook i make some chicken i make some corn on the cob uh we sit down and uh we start eating and then i start choking and then i proceed to choke on a fucking piece of chicken for five hours that is not an exaggeration for about two hours i walked around the yard and i threw up at different spots that this is true this has all happened so i this happens to me from time to time which I realize now and i've been told now this might be the sign of a bigger issue which kind of terrifies me but uh not going to get too deep into that but anyway uh, when i eat sometimes i don't chew my food good enough and it gets stuck in my throat and usually i just get up from the table i walk away my family's used to seeing this i just kind of say i just kind of blow everybody off i walk out of the room i hiccup i burp i think i'm gonna puke but i never have and uh and it's just and i swallow it right this time i puked 
and I thought, all right, that's over with. Uh, I'm blowing pieces of corn out my nose. Uh, chicken, there's clearly pieces of chicken in the lawn now. And I'm like, all right, we're all set. But we weren't because it kept happening. And I kept feeling the, 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 the thing in my esophagus. And uh, it just got worse and it got worse. And then I'd throw up and it'd get better. And then I'd throw up and it'd get better. And then finally, I realized at one point when I was off walking around by myself in the middle of the yard that uh, I need to be near people and this is going on too long. So I uh, swallowed my pride and spoke up and said, I think this is a problem. We probably need to go to the doctor. That is the problem, though, that we need to go to the doctor because at, uh, <laughs> at what was it, 8.30 on Sunday night in super rural West Virginia where there is no cell phone service, where there is no GPS. That's right. Couldn't even use the GPS. Where we don't know. We've never been there before. We don't know where we're at. We have a vague uh, sense of direction due to the way we came in. Um, I'm no good because I am choking. Okay. Now let me explain this. It starts out kind of, kind of uncomfortable, but after a few minutes, it gets to the point where I have to throw up. But now we're in a car. And I just keep spitting. I just keep spitting out the window. I'm spitting out the window. I'm spitting out the window. And I can talk. My wife's literally calling 911 trying to find out where to go. So she eventually gets a hold of somebody. But by this point, I am i can't speak anymore. I can only say when I see the name of the town we're in. We're Fort Ashby, West Virginia. So we figure out we need to drive to Cumberland, Maryland, which is an hour away from where we started to get to this fucking emergency room. So by the time we get to this emergency room, I am, I am, I literally think I am going to die. I'm, I'm pissed off and very annoyed, pretty scared, but mostly just bummed out. Like this, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. I'm going to die choking on a piece of chicken in a car in West Virginia. The lamest death on earth. Um, I mean, there's probably worse, but that was that was pretty bad, and I was pretty pretty certain of it. But we pull up to this hospital, and immediately I get out of the car and I throw up, and uh, and then I feel fine. But I know it's still a problem. So we walk into the emergency room, and I feel like they don't take me seriously because I'm talking like this. I'm like, yeah, you know, got this thing in here, keeps making me throw up. Uh, <laughs> so they take me, they sit me down. You know how emergency rooms go. Um, takes forever. They get me back there. Um, they give me this, nobody, you know, they come in, they want, they want me to talk. They want me to answer all these questions, the billing questions. And I, I did my best, but it was, it was tough. So I do get through it. My wife and I are sitting there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm getting fucking really uncomfortable. And clearly this one nurse walking by notices. So they come in and they're like, are you all right? And I'm like, fuck no. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm way less tough than I'm making it sound right now. I'm not all right. And they, they give me this medicine called glucagon that they shoot into an IV in my hand. And apparently, it's supposed to make your esophagus muscles relax. And then the chicken is supposed to pass. Uh, you're supposed to swallow it. But uh, they also told me, right after they shot this in me, this nurse guy walks in. And he's like, I'm going to tell you 98% of the time, this does not work. And I'm like, oh, that's reassuring. So he, he's like, we're going to wait this out. You're going to drink some Coca-Cola. Um, or we're going to try and uh, see if this works for you. But uh, most likely, it won't. So... He uh, he's standing there. It's not working, and he starts telling me about how they're gonna have to go in there with what he's calling the chicken snatcher and uh, rip it out of my throat. And that doesn't sound very appealing to me. And I also start to feel pretty sick at the same time. And uh, he goes out of the room. T- 
to call the uh, the GI, the gastrointestinal. Is that is that what that's for? And uh, he does call him, but before he can come back, I vomit the chicken out of my face. And uh, let me tell you, there's a healthy piece, of, two pieces of healthy uh, healthy sized chicken in my throat. And uh, just so you know, it took a lot of power and it hurt to throw that up. All right, I want some sympathy. Somebody give me some sympathy. Um, and <laughs> they successfully avoided having to have the chicken snatcher used on me in uh, West Virginia. Or I'm sorry, Cumberland, Maryland, which might as well be West Virginia. So that was that was incident number one. Yes, that was only the first incident. The next day, the next the very next day, we are we're out on the river. We're having a good time. Uh, we're floating floating down the river for like two hours. It's going great. Uh, really is. It was very enjoyable. We think, all right. This, this vacation has uh, righted itself, and we get back to uh, to our cabin where we're staying, or cottage, I believe they were calling it, and we're pulling the canoes up the bank with a truck, a truck and a rope. First one goes up, no problem. Second one goes up, gets caught on a, gets caught on a dock. My wife goes to free it with her hand. The fucking rope sna- snaps. The fucking rope snaps, and it, the carabiner on the thing wraps around her hand, beats it all the fuck up, there's blood. There's bruising immediately. Uh, clearly, something's broken. We so again, we get in the car and we start heading to the nearest emergency room. Though we were a little smarter this time and figured out we can go to it is a, it was a Monday, so we could go to a to a family clinic. So we do that. Uh, we get that all straightened out. She's now in a sling. I'm now afraid to eat anything, and we've only been there for two days. Uh, so we woke up the next day and we left because that's what happens. But <laughs> all things aside, um, it actually was uh, kind of nice. Uh, West Virginia wasn't so bad, other than the uh, almost dying. And boy, does our family feel like a huge liability. Uh, w- wouldn't that suck to bring another family with you on vacation, and the only two fucking days they're there, they have to go to the hospital? Man, like I, I feel, I generally feel guilty about that. I feel awful that we <laughs> we were so accident prone. But you know what? Whatever. It was my first time in an emergency room in many years. My wife is a trooper. She survived. Her hand's already looking better. Um, you know, and, and actually, we got some good news with the x-ray, so maybe not so bad after all. Uh, but then, you know, we're back to work for two days. And two, two days of hell, thanks to a power outage and having off two days prior. Just a perfect storm and a fucking ridiculous week. But don't worry. It's another three-day weekend, and it starts now with episode 128 of Getting It Out Podcast. Now, all right, this doesn't really start with that, but hey, it, is, it does come out on Friday, so that so that counts. Um, as I mentioned, this episode is uh, with Zach Wilborn of 30 Nights of Violence. Um, their album EP, I should say, just came out on Unbeaten Records. It's called You'll See Me Up There, and it's very cool. And I'm going to play you a song from that right the fuck now because I've rambled on enough. So let's play the first single off of this record. It's called Marbled Regression, and then let's get to my conversation with Zach.
I'm I'm in, I'm in my basement where I've been at all day long, uh, working too hard. All right, so you know, like yeah. I've been working from home for for months now, and today I I, sure. I did a 12-hour workday from home, and like I was I always wondered what it would be like to work from home because I never did before, and uh, it's cool. I pre I like it, but the fucking a 12-hour workday at home is no fun. It sucks. So so yeah. here I am now. Totally get that. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm working from home part time right now, um, and you know it's it's been an interesting adjustment. Uh, you know, I I feel like there's there's pros and cons to it. I've uh, I've had a lot of time to sort of um, have like time for mindfulness and you know being aware of everything going on and being aware of you know everything else, and then simultaneously work is also, you know, this, this crazy thing that's happening at home and, uh, it's rough, man. It can be like, especially not knowing when to stop sometimes can be really difficult. 
difficult. So especially when you're doing those, those long eight to, to 12 hour work days from home and just crunching out stuff, it's hard to get away. So it is, totally feel that. it's weird. And it's not, it's not a problem I ever thought I would have, but, uh, but yeah, cause, cause most sure. of it, most of it's gone like pretty, pretty easy going. And there's just recently, it's been like, holy shit, I actually feel like I'm working and uh, which is a weird, <laughs> weird as fuck when you're just sitting at home. But, uh, totally. Yeah. but, but f- fuck, um, so, so you're, are you in, are you in Nashville? Is that where you're based out of? Yeah. So, uh, we're based in Nashville. Um, most of us live in Nashville and surrounding areas and, and that kind of environment. So yeah, uh, we originally started in Nashville. I'm originally from Alabama and moved up to Nashville, uh, Nashville area about like four, almost four and a half years ago to, to start school. And, uh, got linked up with a lot of people and bands here and yeah so 30 nights started um in 2018 in nashville yeah, yeah. well i i didn't know you you're originally from alabama which makes me have to ask and you're allowed to blow this question off but how important is charles barkley in your life uh you know i i wish that i had been more attuned to professional sports when i was a kid <laughs> but i was always uh I grew up in a very like college sport culture. Um, so I, I really enjoyed watching that when I was a kid and when I was a lot younger, but uh, no, I never really got into Charles Barkley or, you know, the NBA. But he's from, like that. he's from Alabama, man. He's from Leeds and he, and he went to Auburn. It's come on. He's, yeah. he, I, sorry. He's, he's my idol. And so when it's the so rare awesome. time I yeah. talked to anybody from uh He's not like yeah. You know, I say he's my idol, but he's not like really my idol. I just love, he was when I was a kid. I love that guy. But uh, but anyway, but anyway. Yeah. Any, so any moment that I get a chance to talk about Charles Barkley, I'm going to take it. And you said Alabama, so right. that's that's an invitation to me. But, totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> but but so that. but obviously what, what what we're what we're supposed to be talking about and going to talk about here is your band, uh, Thirty Nights of Violence. Like you said, you've been around since 2018, and um, you put out a you put out an EP. Uh, what was that EP called again? Um, it was uh, to die in your to portrait. Die in your portrait. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Correct. And uh, so, so I, I've been a little bit aware of you guys, but not totally. And but I've but I've been familiar with the name. But I also feel like that name comes from something else too, right? Or am I wrong? It does. You are absolutely correct. It is a uh, it is a lyric from the Deftones track MX. Uh, it's the last track on uh, Around the Fur, and. I was listening to that song one day and uh, really gravitated to that lyric for some reason. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was just like, fuck it. It'll, it'll be the band name. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's a Deftones reference. I got you. Uh, it's, you know what's funny thing about that? I, I like the Deftones. Um, I still do. But I liked them a lot when I was, I would say, like, I remember liking them when I was in uh, middle school. And that would have been, totally. that would have been like uh, late 90s early or mid to late nineties. Right. So, uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, around the fur, a lot of people at the time, at least would reference that as like their favorite record, but that's like the one Deftones record that I never got into somehow. It doesn't make any sense. I liked adrenaline. I was really into white pony, but I think it's cause I totally. never, I never owned a physical copy of that CD. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason I never dove into around the fur, like I probably should have. Yeah, I when I first got into them, uh, it was kind of around like similar age for me, um, which you know, I think at that time I'd kind of gotten introduced around 
Diamond Eyes. Yeah. And so Diamond Eyes was like a, a really big time. It, it was the first record that had come out um, that they had put out when I became like aware of them, I guess. Right. So I, I, I got like pretty into them through like White Pony um, because my oldest brother turned me on to them like at that age. And uh, so I got heavily into White Pony. I got really into the self-titled as well. And then also got really into Diamond Eyes uh, once it came out. So my chronologically, I guess the discography is that it was at a whole different uh, stage when I got into them. So when I went back and listened to some more of those sort of like stripped down records like Adrenaline and Around the Fur, it kind of it was very, very new to me. And I was very infatuated with that period of Death Tones for like a really, really long time. I mean, they're, they're, uh, I can see how it can happen with, with really anybody listening to that, but they're, they're a very, very interesting band, and I know that sound, that's, that's a pretty easy comment to make, but uh, you never really knew where to categorize them. You know, I, I was listening to them the same time I was listening to the new metal, but then I was also listening to them the same time when I got into hardcore, and then, when, you know, and, 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 but yeah. then I'm, but I'm still listening to them through all these different, totally. you know, interests. They're, they're a band that kind of sticks around for everybody, so... Absolutely. So that's, that's it. I didn't know that. That's. Ex- I didn't know that the Deftones song is where Thirty Nights of Violence came from. But I, I felt like I knew the term. Um, and so, is is did you personally start this band? Um, not necessarily. It was uh, a bunch of the existing members of the band, Ethan and Kelly, uh, who play guitar and drums, were both uh, involved in a project with me prior to Thirty Nights of Violence called uh, opinion and it was kind of like a like death metal sort of sometimes like grindcore sort of project um that we had for a little while and um after that we didn't want to like stop making music together because that band uh sort of phased out and we wanted to keep playing but we kind of wanted to adopt some other music styles that we were really into so Kelly predominantly wrote a lot of the instrumental parts with Ethan. Um, and then I wrote the lyrics to what would become to die in your portrait. And then we brought on uh, Kelly or excuse me, Jake and James who play second guitar and bass. And they both came on. Um, and that was kind of like the lineup and right. it worked. And we took that lineup into the studio and made that record. So it, it was kind of like, I guess sort of like a passion project at the very, very, very start when Kelly and I were just kind of like tossing the idea back and forth. Um, and then it's just sort of evolved into something that I guess we've sort of grown into a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the weird formulation period right before we made the first EP. Right. Right. Well, that, that you've mentioned a couple of ways that you've, you've gotten into things that, or, and have been into um, so to go a little farther backwards, how how did you yourself even get interested in in I don't know what we call it, aggressive music, uh, underground music, just just yeah this this type of totally. this type, you know we, we know what we're talking about. How did you get Absolutely. here? Absolutely, yeah. I um you know it was kind of this period of my life around maybe like fifth grade, and um, I became really really leading up to that period i was really infatuated with like you know hair metal and like classic rock and that kind of thing 
so it was just kind of like I guess this urge for something like that was a little more heavy or like you know had something else to it like a maybe more visceral element that you know I wasn't getting from that music and at that age so I got really I got really into new metal around fifth grade because of I have two older brothers and they really got me into uh, it, big ones for me at that time were Deftones as well as Corn. Uh, I got really into Slipknot, obviously. I think like a lot of kids, yeah, it, it's yeah. kind of like their their intro, you know. So those were some of like the building blocks of what would become my interest in heavy music at that age. And then from there, you know, I had like a mall metal period. I feel like so many other kids did, and was really and I was really into that for a while. And then kind of around early high school, I became introduced to um, parkour uh, through just going to like shows really early on in Alabama. Um, And, you know, there would be, we had a lot of mixed bill shows coming up at that time. So, you know, the deathcore bands were playing with the hardcore bands and the metalcore bands. And so the, it was kind of dynamic in that, right? Because I was kind of, coming out of being really interested in like death core around like late middle school, early high school, and then got really immersed in hardcore, just kind of becoming introduced to bands that I was seeing. Right. Um, and so I got really into, into bands at that time were probably like rotting out comes to mind first, um, rotting out minus uh, cold world. Those kind of bands at that time were some of my early introductions to hardcore and from there in between you know got interested i was still interested in like metalcore music and listening to bands like from a second story window or you know ion dissonance and some like screamo and scram stuff in there too so i was i was pretty interested in just anything heavy kind of evolving all throughout like high school and now being here and after college and all that kind of thing. So it was kind of this weird dynamic period of just listening to anything that I could get my hands on. Um, and from there, it's just formulated like a lot of different influences, at least in the heavy spectrum. Well, that's, that's cool. And I think that's, I think, well, one, I think you can hear a lot of those things in 30 nights of violence. And one thing that I like, like as, a like I, I did, I did, you know, in, well, all right. So, so most of my time was like, there was a, there was like a punk rock thing, like in the, in the early nineties, like I like the, uh, you know, Pennywise rancid, that type of stuff. And then there was like a little yeah. bit of new metal and then metal and hardcore. And then it was hardcore for really probably too long, way too into hardcore. And then, and then like metal, yeah. whatever, like, so, but, but like now, like now I'll be 36 this year. Right. So now I don't even fucking think about it like that. It's just. I like all of these things. I totally I, get that. I don't yeah. care. Like I like. I think. I think at one point when I was listening to like re- when I was really into hardcore, that was all I listened to, and I didn't even like acknowledge the shit that I liked before. And and now you know that 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 that, that kind of that's like kind of an immature way to you know I don't know. You're not being honest with yourself. That's not what you really like. So so I think it's cool to hear like people talk about what phases they went through. And then to yeah, hear hear them totally. do music that kind of encapsulates a lot of that, and I think you guys do that with Thirty Nights of Violence, so that's cool. Thank you. Um, you so it's funny. Also, I wanted to mention or uh, 
call out that uh, mention for Minus. I don't hear many band, many people talk about that band, but that, they were a pretty cool band. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all. Random, random hardcore band. Um, so yeah, totally. For uh, for Alabama, you mentioned like going to shows in Alabama, and I and I'm not trying to be a dick. I cannot think of one band from Alabama. Who would I know from Alabama? Man, um, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to think of an answer on the fly now. Um, maybe my children, my bride was really big. I know that I name, but I don't like. I know yeah. that name, but I don't know who they are. But yeah. they they kind of they had a lot of traction. Sort of, I think throughout like the late two thousands, like that kind of time. They, I guess, arguably, they would be the biggest to have come from. I guess the alternative scene or underground scene, whatever you want to call it, hardcore scene. Right. Um, but yeah, probably them, if I had to guess. Interesting. But there wasn't much. There really wasn't much. <laughs> no. Well, and I've I've had uh, conversations with other people from um, from states in the. I don't even know how close though. My geography is a little fucked up here. But like Arkansas. Arkansas is nearby, right? Arkansas. Somewhat, um, somewhat nearby. It's down the it's down south. South southish. <laughs> yeah. You could say. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. See, this is when I feel stupid. I think I know. I think I know our country. And you know, and I fucking I should know way better. And then you know, then I look yeah, at a yeah. map and I realize Nebraska's nowhere near where I think it is. Nebraska's like h- halfway up the state. Right. And I'm I'm thinking it's like down next to Oklahoma, but you know, so what I, yeah. Um, so, so you guys, you guys, uh, you know, you, since you've only been around since 2018, you've you've got gained quite a bit of traction already. I mean, I knew your name before before this release like you know i'm sorry when i say this release i mean uh you'll see me up there um so yeah, like yeah. i i was aware of, of of your band before i was contacted about your band you know what i mean like so um what do you think how do you think you guys got that good start and uh, you know we're able to get people listening um i think i think we started by you know just writing a record that we thought was you know, really good and worth putting out. And, you know, we stood behind the record and, you know, I still like a lot of those songs. Um, and I think coming from that, you know, Nashville has a really um, dynamic and very supportive scene out here. And I think it's really interesting how many bands are out here and everyone has their own styles and their own, you know, sort of, sort of you know subgenre if you want to dig it dig into that but you know they uh all the bands over here are great and they're a great support system and we're very grateful that like our scene really put on for us hard when we when we put that album out or record out rather and um at that time i think because it got a really nice boost and thankfully you know buddy from unbeaten um put out the record and you know we had unbeaten behind it and a really great scene behind it and i think that ultimately that led to it getting a pretty good start when it was just like up on the internet and you know friend of a friend told somebody or someone posts on social media about it and um it was great you know uh, I, I have very fond memories from from putting that out for the first time and you know the response it received um so yeah i think it was just really a combination of uh a pretty solid record and um, some really great people behind it. And uh, Tate Mercer, who engineered it, made it sound amazing. Um, who also did "You'll See Me Up There," 
And so, yeah, we had a great team going into that record. And I think um, the response that it received was uh, just as just as good as we wanted it to be. So. Yeah, I can see, and I was I was going to ask you about the the whole unbeaten connection because um, th- there's something really cool about this label, and I've you know I've had I've had Orthodox on here on site, uh, All Out War yeah, yeah. even, um, and 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 Buddy, who's you know an older guy from a band Stigmata, who was around you know forever ago and totally. made their mark yeah. then um, to to be uh, to to see these the the quality of these younger bands who don't necessarily sound like the older shit. And you like it's 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 a very diverse and cool uh, label that all kind of falls under the same umbrella, but not quite. And I don't know. It's, it's, totally. it's, it's and you mentioned you're kind of part of something, and I think I think that is that is a cool thing you got going with Unbeaten. Absolutely, yeah. It definitely feels that way, and I got you know so much love for Buddy, and you know so many bands on Unbeaten. You know, being able to uh, you know be connected by the same person uh, with bands like, you know, All Out War. That's awesome. That was, I got really into All Out War for a long time. And, uh, you know, bands that I had a lot of respect for and bands that I still have respect for who are, you know, killing it right now. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely good to feel like you're surrounded by really, really solid talent and really solid people. So we have mad love for Unbeaten. Yeah, and and you know even the even the even the just being on a uh, quality or being on a being surrounded by good bands on your label. Like, do you know how how many times I've bought, or more so when I was younger, but bought CDs based on just the fucking record label it was on. Oh yeah, like totally. When I you know when I was much younger, it was just you know buy something that's on Epitaph, buy something that's on Roadrunner, buy something that's on yeah, Bridge Nine, Victory, whatever. And uh, and and I don't know if people do that anymore. But but I know I'm gonna look at I'm gonna take something more seriously if I see that's coming out on Unbeaten than I do if it's self released, which is you know maybe not fair, but that's just kind of the the benefit you get yeah. from, from from something like I, that. I totally understand. Yeah, I totally understand that. I definitely um, you know some of the labels that I was really into coming up were like you know Roadrunner, obviously Epitaph, like you said, um, Bridge Nine was big for me too, and then uh, Metal Blade. And like nuclear blast, and you know, yeah, I was yeah. really, I, I, and obviously like Death Wish too. Like, you know, it's definitely. Uh, I think having really solid teams that constantly put out really high caliber records, uh, you know, just sort of demand attention because they clearly have something really special to offer when they're selecting their groups. And so, I think it's it's great to have really great label support much like I'm beating and I'm sure many other labels. So I totally get where you're coming from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it makes, it makes a big difference and it helps um, for, so we, we talked about some of the stuff that the, some of the bands that you listened to before, but like as a whole, what, what are, like, I, I know there's some kind of, some kind of obvious influences that, uh, you know, I've seen people call out for uh, 30 nights of violence or, or I guess what would be apparent obvious influences, but what, when yeah. you guys, when you guys started 30 nights of violence, what did you want to sound like? Man, early on, um, we were listening to, when we did the first record, listening to a lot of, uh, I know I said them earlier, but From a Second Story Window was a really big one for us. Uh, also, Deftones, um, that's kind of like this collective influence that we, we all have. So they always find their way into some moments on a record um, that are very heavily influenced by them. Uh, Misery Signals, I know, especially like guitar playing wise, Kelly was writing a lot of stuff and listening to 
a lot of misery signals at that time as well. So I think that's where some of the very guitar heavy passages from the record came from. Yeah. And then, um, I would say those were probably like the big three at that time, which I, which I'd like to say it like that because they're all incredibly different influences across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, 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 <laughs> and I think you could hear them. I think you can hear them all in there. And, uh, it's, it's kind of, I wasn't going to, I, w- I don't think I would have guessed those bands, but I would have guessed bands from, I would have guessed similar bands, you know? So, yeah, totally. but so what do you think? And I like to, I like to ask this cause I'm, I'm usually surprised by what some people say, but are there any kind of less obvious, um, sources of inspiration, maybe just for you personally, when you're writing music for 30 nights of, Oh Islands? yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, maybe of any one member of the band, just because I'm coming from a very different place when it comes to writing, especially because I predominantly write lyrical, you know, sure. stuff for the records and that kind of thing. My influences lyrically are all over the place. Um, I'd say, I guess maybe the most jarring one is Grateful Dead. Um, that is a, a monumental influence on me and my musical journey as a whole um, but even in the way at that time, like Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir were collaborating with other, um, lyricists like Robert Hunter, um, really left a, a pretty big impression on me. Um, especially in the way that they would create narratives and sort of tell these stories, especially over longer tracks and that kind of thing. It was just very fascinating to me. And they were sort of one of the very first bands I ever got into, um, maybe not necessarily, maybe not necessarily unconventional. Um, but I always have to cite Jacob Bannon from Converge. Um, he's a huge lyrical inspiration for me. Um, and especially during the first record, other unconventional influences. Um, those are the first two that I guess really come to mind, um, from a lyrical standpoint. And then musically, I mean, I'm all over. I listen to so much stuff and uh, some of it, you know, manages to kind of find a way into a into a 30 Nights of Violence song if it just happens that way. But sometimes it doesn't. Right, but right. it's really interesting, I think, to just keep a mixed bag because it's allowed me to become very diversified, I think, in the way that I write. And it sort of demands, um, sort of demands like a newer perspective i guess when you're writing from not just heavy music or not just any one genre of music if you get what i'm saying yeah for sure it can get a you know it gets a little um tiresome when you're hearing the same the same lyrical styles for this over the same types of music you know there, there needs to be something that stands you out a little bit um i i i'm very surprised at the grateful dead thing but I'm just very surprised anytime anybody mentions Grateful Dead. I don't know how you guys listen to that band. I don't understand. I've tried. I know. I try. I listen to it. Look, I this there's no not a, probably not a band that I want to like more. I like I the totally get that. I like yeah. the imagery. I just listen to the music. They got a cool name. I listen to the music. My neighbors, literally, both of my neighbors surrounded on both sides of me, are love them. They're both deadheads. They're like the you know so yeah, they yeah. so like. They're who I want to be. Like I, I talk to them every day, so I, I need to be neighborly. But we just can't agree musically, man. But <laughs> what? When? Did, like my brother loved the loved the Grateful Dead. What, how did you get started on them? 
man, that was a, a, at a very, very impressionable age, arguably, I think some of my earliest impressions in life came from when I was about, you know, five or six years old. Um, and sort of how I became infatuated with music was through whatever my dad was listening to. Okay. And at, at that time, my dad was super into the Grateful Dead and he always has been. And so from that point on, you know, I'd always listened to them and became infatuated with, um, you know, their live performances and I would listen to shows or, you know, listen to studio records and, you know, just find any sort of live material that I could for a long time. And then when I was still very young, you know, it's all that what was in front of me at that time. So I, uh, it left a very, very big impact on me. And I feel like a lot of people kind of have similar experiences. I will say experiencing some iteration of the Grateful Dead live, um, whether it's like a Dead and Company show or if you see Bob Weir on tour or whatever, going to a show, I think, sort of amplifies the experience and might allow somebody to see sides of them that they may not necessarily understand because they have a very vast discography and it can be very hard, I guess, to just kind of like jump into and not feel a little put off by it at some point. But I don't know, maybe for some people it just doesn't click, but that's how I got into it. If it doesn't just, if it just doesn't click for some people, I think that's totally fine. If it never clicks for me, that's cool too. Absolutely. Because yeah, I, I, cause do you know how often I, I, I'm, I like tell people like, I don't know, like I, I know, like the music that I listen to. I realize I, I know why you wouldn't like it. Like if, if some stranger, yeah, if I, if I put on Thirty totally. Nights of Violence for some stranger, and they're like, oh, I don't like this, I'm like, I understand why you don't like it, but I probably oh, yeah, like it absolutely. for those reasons. Yeah, so I totally understand it, and I get that on both ends. You know, between liking heavy music and also being really into the Grateful Dead. <laughs> you know, you just, I just get it twice. Right. You know, <laughs> double but, up. Uh, it, exactly, but you know, I it's cool. Everyone has their own taste. And, you know, there are certain bands that, you know, I'll probably never get into no matter how hard I try. And you just got to accept it and stick to what you like and just like what you like and be happy about it. So you do, you can also, you're also, I also allow room for, uh, you can shit talk other stuff too. You got to hate a little bit. All right. Because if you don't um, hate, if you don't hate a little bit, then you don't like it. You can, you got to like, you know, there's got to be a maximum, you know, high yeah. and low. So, yeah, <laughs> it's not fair, but that's know, just the man. way it is. Yeah, I think if I had to like, I guess, just talk about stuff that I'm just like really not into. I don't know. I I don't mind uh, crossover stuff, but it's not like entirely my thing. That was something that I guess just kind of missed the mark for me. Yeah. As far as like thrash metal goes, I guess. You know, I got into, like, all kinds of other stuff, but just never really got into, like, thrash or crossover. And, you know, certain bands I, I'd i still really like, but, you know, that was sort of something that just kind of missed the mark for me. I just never really got into it, so. Hey, we all, we all have got, we've all got our flaws, you know. It's all, exactly. It's, it's, it's totally. All yeah. So, all right, let's, I'll take let's, it. Uh, let's go back to, towards uh, You'll See Me Up There, which I don't, I don't yeah. know if, I think, I know we said it, but I don't know if we, for the people that are going to listen, that if we, we explain that that's the name of your new record. Is it a new, is it an EP? Is that what we're calling it? Well, it's six songs? Yeah, it's uh, six tracks. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess the eight, it's an EP. I guess some people are a little concerned. We're pressing them on, 
you know, 12 inch vinyl. So big, uh, EPs, I guess, big 12 inch EPs. We just run them at 45 RPMs, two sides. Yes. There you go. Yeah, that works. That works. Um, so yeah, that, that you're going to be easy. you're going to putting that out on unbeaten, like we said, on and it comes out on June right. twenty June twenty sixth. Um, so, so which leads me was this? How long has this been planned? And the reason I asked that is because I want to know if this coronavirus thing fucked anything up for you guys. Um, you know, yeah, I think it kind of is just thrown a wrench in everything regarding live entertainment, live music right now, or just you know, maybe not so much you know, content as a whole, because I feel like putting out more content right now is sort of the only way you can kind of keep yourself relevant and just keep it in content in front of people. So it has like, it has its ups and downs, you know, it's obviously like a huge bummer that we're not going to be able to play shows coming right off the record. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, but it's also really interesting that, you know, it kind of forces people to have all their attention on just the record. Um, because everyone is looking for content right now and new stuff to listen to. And uh, so it has its ups and downs, um, but it, it's been planned for quite some time. We, we finished it. I think we like received masters in like November. Okay. So, so we had had the release planned for a long time and, you know, wanted to do some shows off of it and all that kind of thing. So yeah, COVID definitely kind of, you know, as I said, threw a wrench in it, but you know, we're still happy and um, we're, we're excited to see what's going to come from it. And, you know, we're just excited to have it out because uh, we've been sitting on it for quite some time now. Yeah. That's a weird thing. When, so when, when you record music and you know, you, you like it and you listen to it, but you know, you share it with a couple people, whatever, but you can't, you can't share it with the people that you really want to. You're, you're, Absolutely. you're, you're a fan. Yeah. And, and I know this just from the small things that I've done where we ended up, I'm, I'm not kidding. We, every time, the two times we recorded, we ended up releasing it literally the next day, unmastered and everything. We're just like, well, fuck it. Let's let other people hear it. And with, you know, that's not a good way, to, not a good way to handle it, especially when you want to try to sell records later. But, um, but yeah, I so I, I can't imagine sitting on, sitting on a batch of songs that you really enjoy for a long period of time. So, uh, so when, when this is going to, when this comes out officially on June 26th, I mean, you've obviously heard it plenty. What are you looking forward to now that touring's off the table now that, um, I don't know that, you know, there's obviously not going to be the, the physical thing where people can go to the record store. Although I guess they're lifting that type of shit, but what, what are you looking forward to with the release of this? Um, we have, we have a lot of plans that, will allow us i think to directly engage with people which is something that i'm i'm very interested in because it's uh it's it's different when you have um like a show environment where you don't really get to i guess like connect directly to people on on a one-to-one basis so i think we're really excited to foster more of those interactions and you know talk to people about the record and and about everything you know going on right now and Cause I feel like we really need that right now. And in, in this time of, you know, sort of stillness and isolation, I think it's really important that we continue to try and lean on one another and, you know, be there uh, in each other's lives. I think that's just really important. Um, so I'm looking forward to connecting with people through music on that level. Yeah. Um, as, a, as opposed to, 
perhaps an environment that doesn't really um, uh, call for that or allow for that in a way sometimes, or, or can feel that way. Um, but yeah, so we're really excited for that. I know we, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're going to do things like this, you know, have individual conversations, you know, uh, like being on podcasts like this, I think right. this is super awesome. And I, uh, I look forward to doing things like this and just, uh, continuing to keep people updated on like what's going on and what we're doing. You know, we want to, we've been talking about doing another music video for another one of the tracks on the record. So that'll be a passion project that we've, uh, been kind of taken on that, that we might dabble with and, and see if anything good comes from that. You know, we're just experimenting and, and trying to, um, stay as engaged with people as we can because, um, it's definitely calling for that kind of environment right now, I think. Yeah. And that's very cool of you to say all that. And I, and I, and that brings me to one of the things I wanted to ask you about with, when you, with these opportunities to, to engage in, you know, like how you're talking about, um, what, what, what about, um, you'll see me up there. Do you want people to, to take from, what do you want people to, your listeners to take from your music? Like, is there a, when you have these opportunities to have these discussions, is there something that you're hoping, you know, is the main topic? I think, you know, I, I think maybe that message wasn't entirely clear when we did to die in your portrait much because it was, like I said, it was a passion project kind of at the initial start of it. But now that we've kind of evolved into a more collective writing process and sort of have a more uh, refined vision I think something that really comes to mind, um, not only because I felt this way when we were writing the record, um, but also because now that I've had time to sit with it for months and process what it's about, um, you know, I think if I could pick one thing to take from it, it's that, you know, uh, whatever is causing you suffering or whatever is causing you pain or discomfort, um, you know, it doesn't last forever. It's, it's a very temporary thing. And, um, I think it's important to look inward and, um, maybe not so much think about, you know, what you're feeling, but why you're feeling it, um, and sort of take a look inside of yourself and, um, you know, learn what that feels like. And, um, I think it changes a lot about the way you think about, past experiences in your life or trauma, even if you want to call it that something to that degree, because that the record, both the first record and parts of the second record um, speak to a lot of, of trauma that I experienced throughout my life, but, and, you know, other parts of our um, band's lives, you know, right. not just speaking to my experiences, but, you know, I think it's important to take something like that and, um, carry it with you and learn that like it's it's possible to overcome that kind of adversity and it's not so much about solely just overcoming it and getting through it but learning from it and um you know taking what you learn from it and holding it very close to you because um i think diving into that process really uh does wonders for your life and i think that's really what i would want anyone to take away from it i guess for people who might be experiencing some really, you know, low points in their life because those records speak to some of the lowest points in mind. So 
Yeah. So is this so is this kind of is this kind of an important thing to you that that your that your your message doesn't get kind of lost in whatever kind of translation that you know people can have through music? Um, not necessarily. You know, I'm I'm certainly not opposed to anybody interpreting it in a way that you know works for them and yeah. if it's if it's positive and it and it allows them to you know feel better about you know whatever they might be experiencing then that's really important to me um so i'm not saying that it has this one sole narrative and that that there's any one thing to take away from it i think a lot of the record could be interpreted in ways that you know um maybe foster that that sense of uh of comfort and connection and uh if it does that then great however you interpret it yeah no i, I like that and that's 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 uh, yeah I, i've i come across that a lot that kind of thing a lot here where you talk yeah, to some people and, and they want they some people who write songs they don't they don't want it to be open to interpretation they want it to be they want it to be direct and they want it to, to want to make sure the listener knows what they're talking about. And other people, probably the majority want it to be like, like you're saying, like, you know, whatever you can get out totally. of this, take it. And, uh, I, th- I don't know. I think it's an interesting, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting stance either way. Uh, you rarely find people that are in the middle though. I don't, it, right. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like, um, you could have done more with your, last record you you referenced that a couple of times like you 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 feel like you missed something is there something that you that you learned from from your last ep that you've you're trying not to do this time um i think maybe if it's one thing that we would take away from that experience because i you know i speak it i speak about it in a, in a from a place that isn't you know doesn't regret that record right, you know what right. i mean it uh I think if I took anything from it, it's just to spend more time with songs, I guess. Um, And then perhaps that like the first couple demos or drafts of the song, you know, if it calls for, you know, demoing multiple times, you know, may not always be uh, the best way to get something across or the best, you know, the best way to, you know, end a song, I guess. Um, So I think, we sort of fostered that idea going into the second record with sort of more of a, of a mindset of like, okay, we're really, really going to polish these songs. And once they feel right, then that's how we know that, you know, we wanted to put out a record that we would just kind of, you know, leave, leave the way it is, I guess, you know, Sorry, I got like really lost in that, but oh no, 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 no you yeah, absolutely, you're totally <laughs> fine. Um, there's a you know the the oh shit, now I just lost my thought. The um the way I don't know the, the way that people you know you want to I you hear it all the time with musicians where they talk not negatively about their previous records, but yeah, n- definitely not negatively. But they also don't sound necessarily proud of yeah what they've i guess done. if i could if I, if I could summarize what just took me like 10 years to say a <laughs> second ago it would it would probably be that you know just we're allowing for room to evolve i guess i think that's that's sort of the important thing that i i would like artists to adopt i guess you know is to always 
feel like it's okay to explore more ideas when you're writing or explore, you know, the song that you're writing in a different, in a different light or a different way. And so we're just kind of trying to do that and continue to evolve in the way that we're writing songs um, and always trying new things and experimenting with new things. So I wish we had done more of that on the first record. You know, well, you, know, you, you, you got to have a first yeah. record. You got to have a the starting Absolutely. point. And I can tell you from listening to that record to listening to this record is that there's a huge improvement um, all, all around. Um, and and not 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 even that that one was bad, like we're saying. That, but but this one is this one's better. And uh, each of you sound sound better. You, you in particular, your vocals are, are much better. And again again yeah. not that the other ones were bad but the you know and, and the, totally. the diversity in the songs in the structures and the way you guys are, are playing them is is i think clearly evident and uh Thank but you. it's but it's yeah, also yeah. nice to that it's also nice to hear that you didn't you didn't jump too far you just evolved in 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 the in the pacing that you that that's that's healthy i guess uh, you know it's just yeah. it's a step forward not a not a jump and yeah absolutely and i think that's i think that's good yeah i think making any sort of progress you know as long as you feel that it's true to what you're trying to get across as a as a creator i you know i don't really like listening to to groups that just stay static forever and just never change you know there's no there's no real fun to me in in listening to bands like that um you know i i much i much rather listen to artists that are growing with each record or each song or however you want to look at it. Um, you know, I think that's really important. And I think that's kind of the ideology that we're trying to, to continue with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so like we want, you want people to, to listen to your, to, to your music and have it be meaningful to them. And that makes it more meaningful to you. But then when they, like when you play live, what do you want to see at a 30 nights of violence show? Oh man. Um, I don't know. You know, it's, there's moments that I guess call for, you know, different kinds of experiences. Um, you know, if there's a moment where someone feels really inclined to, you know, just go batshit insane, then like, I'm here for it, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. wh- whatever works for you. But, you know, it's also, it's, I like when I can have moments in a show that, you know, feel really interpersonal or that I feel that I'm speaking directly to one person and um, it's something that I say resonates with them or they feel something. And, you know, I've been, th- I've been very grateful to have those kind of experiences multiple times. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having more of those, but yeah, you know, there's, there's times for, for all of it. And I, I think that, uh, I think that's what keeps shows really fun. You know, it's one moment you're seeing people, you know, front flip off the stage and, you know, land to a ton of people. And then the other moment, you know, you could be uh, screaming your lyrics with someone like right across, you know, right in front of you or however, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a fun environment to have both. But Hey, uh, like I said, I've listened to, you'll see me up there quite a few times and it's a very strong EP and it's another good record for unbeaten. Um, I'm, I could, I, you guys have a reason to be proud of it. And uh, I think uh, you, 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 you're very well spoken about it. And uh, if you guys keep doing things like this, especially, it's going to be a great way to connect and even get your name out there even more. You're already doing a good job, like I said. I knew I knew of you before before I was asked about you. So um, th- just from that perspective, that's pretty fucking good. Um, 
is there anything well for for people who want to find you and the band uh, online or on social media where can they go to do that yeah totally so uh we're on all the major platforms we're on facebook twitter instagram facebook 30 nights of violence instagram at 30 nights of violence twitter is just at 30 nights uh but yeah if you want to connect with us you can uh find us there um we're on all major streaming services spotify apple music uh Bandcamp, wherever you're listening to music um so yeah that's that's probably the best place that you can uh connect with us Awesome. And and the, the I guess the street date is June twenty sixth, right? Is or is that digital everything all under one? Yeah, yeah. So everything will be out uh June twenty sixth. You'll see me up there coming out on unbeaten records. Awesome. And um I guess I guess there's no shows planned to you know, <laughs> to follow it up. So uh yeah. well yeah, maybe maybe next year I guess. <laughs> Hopefully so. You know, as soon as as soon as we can, and as soon as we're in a position where we feel like it's safe for us and our community, then you know, we'll get back out there. But you know, in due time. Right. All right, Zach. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and attention, man. It's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Of course.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Zach of 30 Nights of Violence. And that song there at the end was in vain. Um, I hope you like what you heard. And I hope you go check out You'll See Me Up There if you haven't heard enough already. Uh, and you probably haven't. So you should go listen to more. Um, while you're at it, go check out the rest of the stuff on Unbeaten Records roster. I guarantee you it's worth a listen, especially if you like what you heard from 30 Nights of Violence. Okay, well, I got to remind you that the website for gettingitout.net is still coming. It is still on the way. Uh, By the time, I might have mentioned this before, by the time it loads, some of the content might be pretty outdated, but it'll be there. I swear to fucking God, I swear my life, this thing will happen. It's it will happen. You got to will it into existence. It's so close to being done. It just needs to be done. That's all. And uh, we're going to have a nice little website that you can go to for all of your underground music needs and more, baby, and more. Um, you, you, I'm excited. I'm really excited for that to happen. I just want it to happen. Okay. So until then, you can go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast uh, on Instagram. You can go to facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and Twitter at getting it out pod to keep up with what's going on here. Been been a little busy myself other than doing podcasts and getting it out related things. Uh, this is a fucking weird time, but you know, it's going to get busier. I got to move out of my house this weekend. Not like, not forever, but because we're doing some stuff. So I got to, I got to, just for, for temporarily, <laughs> temporarily the whole family has to move out, and uh, that's gonna suck. So um, I don't know how we're gonna do it, how I'm gonna do this. I'm sure it'll be you'll you'll notice no interruption, but uh, things are gonna be a little hectic uh, here for me personally in the next few weeks. But don't worry, same podcast every time, uh, every week, same time. That's what I meant to say. Um, so you got that to look forward to. Um, all right, let's get out of here, but with 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 one more song, of course. Let's end this one with. A track from Revision is called Salient Right. Um, it's I don't know much about this band, um, other than the fact that they're from Kansas. So uh, let's just leave it at that. Let's just say this is a Kansas. Uh, this is a band from Kansas. I want to be that vague. Revisionist, a band from Kansas. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 